Okay, so draft night, first round. Uh, love what happened. I love, I love, the, I love to see what happened in the draft. I like, I like, I love what I saw from the draft. The first round was great. Uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna dig right into it. I tell you the best moves. I tell you the worst moves. I tell you the most interesting moves. Uh, boy, oh boy, we got, we got, we got a lot of great stories coming out of the first draft, draft night number one. Um, I, I, I like what a lot of teams did. I like, I like most of these moves. Uh, the guys that I mentioned in the previous episode, some of those guys got drafted, uh, a little bit higher than what I thought they would. Um, or like, as we were anticipating, like I said, uh, on the previous podcast. So we're going to get into that. A lot of talk, Cowboys, Packers, Eagles, all that Dolphins, all that good stuff. Joe Burrow, Redskins, all of that and some more. Uh, let's get into it after the quick break. Uh, I catch you guys. Okay, so before I, you know, before I even get into my point or, you know, my big point that I'm leading off with the start of the episode, <clears throat> uh, first, I hope everybody's safe. I hope uh, the draft brought you some, um, I hope it was a positive note to your night, to your evening. Uh, it, it certainly did. I enjoyed every second of it. I really liked it. I really, I really liked the draft. I thought with the virtual, the first virtual draft, I thought it went well. I, I didn't see no TV interruptions. I didn't see no... Uh, no, no, no technical issues. No, t- no technology issues. Uh, I, it was a lot of. It was. I was surprised at the amount of dr- uh, trades. Uh, I thought I would get more trades, and the trades that did happen, they weren't too big. But overall, it was a good night as far as like the technical side of what was going on in the draft. It was a great night. I I enjoyed it. Uh, the NFL, it was well put together by the NFL players. Uh, it was it was it was kind of a it was kind of a bright sight to see. The, you know, to see the players get drafted with their families in their household. I thought that was cool. Um, now, the draft, that last night was supposed to be a great night for all the teams. All the teams were supposed to be having a great night. The fan base, the fan bases, some fan bases, you know, they, they're, they're, they're drafting. Their teams are drafting their, quarter, their cornerstone players for the next 7 to 10 years. Some fan bases, you know, they, they're, they're, they're a couple pieces away from being playoff teams. Some fan bases think that they are uh, a piece away from being a legitimate Super Bowl team. Um, so it was a lot. Of, there's a lot of emotions in it, and this is typically where fan bases, you know, a couple of Redskins fan me up, Redskins fans hit me up. I was like, oh yeah, we got Chase Young. I'm like, of course you got Chase Young. He, he it, it was no brand, of course. 
Of course, you ended up with Chase Young. You, you were the second worst team in football last, last year. Uh, so, fan base are happy. Fan base are happy. Teams are happy. We're not, when, when most of the reactions from the GMs and the coaches, when they drafted the guy, they was like, yeah, we, we, we like this guy. We like this guy. Uh, some interesting settings and a location. Loved it. But, but, hold up. There's always one exception. There's always one exception. So, I thought I was crazy. Or, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm crazy. But, I think some of you guys thought I was crazy. Now, we talked about this at the conclusion of the NFC Championship game. That following, after that Sunday, that following, whatever day I did my part, I think it was on Tuesday. With that following day, after the NFC Championship game between the Packers and 49ers, I talked about Aaron Rodgers and I talked about the Packers' Super Bowl window. Now, if you've been listening, if you if you go if you've been listening all the way back to the to the regular season, I told you guys offensively, Packers were limited. But they won 13 games. They had a fairly easy schedule. Uh, if you look at the teams where they where if you look at the, the teams that they beat and the quarterbacks that they beat, not really spectacular. Not 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 nothing to go home and tell mama about. The, the, most of the most of the quarterbacks that they beat, most of the quarterbacks that they beat, not really nothing to go home and tell mama about. When they played top tier talent at the quarterback position, when they played playoff type teams, playoff level playoff level teams, they struggled. They struggled a lot. So I thought they were limited to start out with. And looking at the 49ers, they got better. They got better. But I'm not going to talk about the 49ers because we, that's, what we, I, that's what I expected. I told you guys, John Lynch, he was going to make the right decision with the 13th pick. I told you 40, that instead of them having one pick, they had multiple picks. They were able to buffer up their front seven, which was already the best in the NFC. And they were also able to grab a talented receiver out of Arizona State. I, I, I like it. It looks pretty good. But the Packers drafted Jordan Love. And I told you guys, I said Brett Favre was 36 when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. And I said, don't be surprised if Jordan Love is drafted by the Packers. Because guess how old Aaron Rodgers is? 36. So as the so I was like okay you know I I, I just said that just to say it because I was like uh I, you know you 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 guys called me an Aaron Rodgers hater okay I guess I don't know I don't know I'm not an Aaron Rodgers hater I like Aaron Rodgers I've been I, I but I feel for him today I feel for him at this very moment today yes I do but then as the drive came on and the and the forty nine and the forty ers the Packers was on the clock. And I said, oh, boy. They, they're really going to take Jordan Love. They, they took Jordan Love. They took Jordan Love. When I, I, so, I know I want to pat myself in the back and say I was right. But I told you so. But not only did they draft Jordan Love. They moved up in the draft. They moved up in the first round ahead of a couple teams. That maybe they would have drafted Jordan Love. New England, maybe they would have drafted him. I don't know. Maybe New Orleans would have drafted him. I don't know. But they moved up a couple spots ahead just to ensure that they draft Jordan Love. They they did that. They the Packers moved up 
The Packers moved up in the draft to draft Jordan Love. And I know a lot of people have been comparing, well, oh, the Packers did it in 2005 with Aaron Rodgers. He, he No, no, there, there, this, this, this is a different thing right here. Jordan Love was a debatable first-round pick. He was a debatable first-round pick. Some didn't. Some tend to think some scouts didn't think he was a first-round pick. Didn't think he was a first-round quarterback. I look. I I thought he was, but some made the argument that he was not. So it was debatable. When Aaron Rodgers came out, there was talks that Aaron Rodgers may be the best quarterback in this draft. In that draft, proven to be right. Alex Smith was taken ahead of him. Okay. So, so these two instances, these two moves don't correlate. They just don't correlate. And I always talk about this with the Packers. Um, I, 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 I get on Aaron Rodgers a lot. Yes, I do. I criticize Aaron Rodgers a lot. Yes, I do. But I think some of that is due to how the media has betrayed Aaron. And it's not necessarily betrayed Aaron or how they, or how they try to paint Aaron out to be. Uh, I just don't like, when we're, especially when we're talking about like Russell Wilson, when we're having that, con- when it, when we're having that conversation, I, I think if you look at his numbers, last three years, Russell has just been better. Last five years, Russell has just been better. Just go look at his numbers. Just go look at his numbers. But I'm not here to make that argument. Because I get on Aaron Rodgers a lot. But I often don't talk about the supporting cast or lack thereof in Green Bay. And all last year, I said Green Bay's offense is limited. I said they're fool's gold. They're fool's gold. With the top, amongst the top tier teams in the league, not even New England, I said Green Bay is fool's gold. Yes, they're 13-3, but they're more like an 11-5 team. Uh, they went up against the 49er team. They got smacked. The 49ers, like I said, got better. Mind you, every, both times, they, the, the Packers played the 49ers two times this, this season. Both times that they have played the Packers, the, it hasn't even been close. The first half, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers was outscored 50 to 0. It had, the games have been over at halftime. Massive disadvantage, Aaron Rodgers. And then sometimes I wonder when are the when do the Packers go out and go out and spend money on free agency? Well, they did that last year, sort of. They got the Smith Brothers, great acquisition. But don't you know, in Aaron Rodgers' tender, in the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay, the Packers have never drafted a skill position player in the first round? It seems like the Packers are abusing Aaron Rodgers' talent. They're taking his talent for granted. They're taking his all-world talent for granted because they're like, well, Rodgers, Aaron, you, Aaron Rodgers, you are a all-world talent. 
you, uh, there's nobody that has played the game like you. You can overcome a battle line. You can overcome a not-so-good running game. You can overcome mediocre receivers because you're Aaron Rodgers. But I was very surprised that the Packers did not improve their defense, especially up front where they got smashed at every time they played the 49ers. And then I was also surprised, if you didn't want to go that route, why not draft the second receiver? Devontae Adams is the only receiver that Aaron Rodgers trusts. And today, I think Aaron is best. And not necessarily at the pick at Jordan Love, because I've talked about Jordan Love. Just this last week, I defended Jordan Love. I talked about how Jordan Love got a bad rep his junior year at Utah State. I blame his, most of my blame, most of my blame lies on, most of my blame goes to the coaching at Utah State. Also, Utah State lost 10 they lost nine of their 11 starters from his sophomore year. So lack of talent and then lack of coaching. I talked about that last week. So I'm not mad at the, at, at the pick necessarily with Jordan Love, but I do not quite understand why you move up for a quarterback where you have other needs. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers is eroding. I mean, okay. We do say Aaron Rodgers got, you know, I, I, said it, I said it too. I said Aaron's having a down year. But Aaron's down year is totally different from somebody else's down year. It's not like Aaron Rodgers was a, a below average quarterback. It wasn't like he was mediocre. Aaron still threw for 4,000 yards. Aaron still had less than 10 interceptions. Aaron had 25-plus touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers was still good this year. He just wasn't, like, spectacular, all-world great Aaron Rodgers that I've been used to seeing for the last, like, I don't know, 10 years. He wasn't that this year. But you would think with a star, with an aging superstar quarterback, yes, you want to you wanna, you wanna, you wanna play for the future. You're thinking about the future. Love it. But who cares about your 401k? Who cares about it? That, that, that move that the Packers made last night was more like a 401k move. Build for the future. They're building for the future. And, I mean, I don't know why. Because I look at this deep NFC, I'm like the Cowboys got better. Saints got better. Buccaneers got better. <laughs> Arizona got better. Seattle's still good. The 49ers got better. The Vikings got better. The Eagles got better. Uh, I don't know. I'm scratching my head. Uh, what did the Packers do? Did they get better? Uh, I don't know. No, they did not. They did not get better. The NFC is loaded. And I look at, and this is what I did last year with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And I give major props to the Saints. Even though they haven't won a Super Bowl, even though they haven't gotten to a Super Bowl, they have done nothing but put 
nothing. They have put nothing. They have put pro bowlers, all pros, all around Drew Brees. They gave Drew Brees Michael Thomas. They said, hey, we need, a, we need another receiver. They go out and grab Emmanuel Sanders. They have, they have Alvin Kamara behind him. They have a good old line in front of him. The Saints take care of Drew Brees. The Packers, mm, uh, they just they just don't seem to care about Aaron Rodgers. And the GM said, you know, this move was for, for you know, he understands it. This move is for the noun, quote unquote, it's for the noun. No, it's not. It's for the future. This move is not going to help you for the noun. It's not going to help you for the now. You still have an Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's on the back end of his prime, but he was still really good. And I don't think you can name five other quarterbacks that's, that's better than Aaron Rodgers at this moment right now. I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can name him, though. There's not many guys that I'm taking over Aaron Rodgers for one more year, for one season at least. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can name five other guys that's better. And the Packers did not make the move. They didn't. They didn't, like, improve their roster. And this is what I talked about with their Super Bowl window. I think their Super Bowl window, I said it was still open, but you look at the NFC, boy, oh, boy, there's a lot of good teams. And those good teams got better. The Packers didn't. The Packers didn't. The Packers did not get better. And I wonder, because, you know, the Green Bay Packers don't have an owner. I don't understand it. They don't have an owner. And I wonder, if the Packers had an owner, would that type of pick would have, like, would that decision would have been made? I don't know if that decision, drafting another quarterback, I don't know if that decision is the same if the Packers had a legit owner. I, I, don't, think, I, don't, think that, I don't think that move would be approved. I don't think that move would be approved. I think it's totally against what Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's it's worth. Uh, they're definitely not putting the 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 the, rep, the represent pieces around him to win, or giving him the best chance to win. Boy, uh, we're, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk more about the draft uh, just after this quick break. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Cowboys and the NFC East and how that's gonna shape up after the draft and the moves in the first round. I'll be back. to the Cowboys. I know everybody like, oh, uh, you know, some, you know, some of you Cowboy uh, haters, you say, oh, they, they, they needed a, they needed secondary, safety, defense. Why they didn't go defense? When Jerry Jones, uh, when he had a smile on his face, I knew he wasn't, um, I, I knew he wasn't drafting or safety. 
He wasn't drafted a safety. Um, and I'm going to, I, I'm actually going to support the pick. Because when, when they first made the pick, I was like, uh, needed defense. But then I thought about it, I was like, oh, excuse me. Then I thought about it, I was like, um, it's not a bad pick. It's not as bad as people make it out to seem to be. First, CD Lamb, of course, they had holes. The Cowboys had a lot of they. Like I, I still, um, I know everybody. You know, I, I know everybody was talking about the Cowboys, NFC East. You know, they're the favorites. I don't. I still don't think they're the favorites, but they're gonna score a lot of points. Their offense is gonna put up a lot of points. Their offense is gonna be highly, or it should be, it should be highly productive, right? The offense should be highly productive. Um, and I know everybody's excited to see that high-flying offense and that, you know, that, I mean, that high-octane and high-scoring offense. Um, but I'm not mad at this pick because, I, first of all, in, these, in, in the last few years in, in the draft, I feel like the offensive players that you take a risk on, quote-unquote, they pan out. They tend to pan out more than they than than the than the defensive players that you take a risk on. Because I mean, the Cowboys. Who they, who who were they gonna draft? Uh, Xavier McKinney from from Alabama, the safety. Uh, who has more production? Who who do you think has more production? Who do you think has more production as their as a first year guy coming into the league on the Cowboys? Xavier McKinney at the safety position or or uh, CD Lamb at CD Lamb at the wide receiver position. Who has more production? Uh, I might go with CD Lamb. The Cowboys have drafted good defensive players. They have drafted Vanderish. They drafted Byron Jones. They drafted Jalen Smith. It's not like it's not like they haven't invested or tr- invested or tried to invest in their defense. No, they just can't stop nobody. And today's game, who can stop anybody? Yeah, I know there's some great defense out there that you know they can get stops when you need them. But mm, for the most part, when you're playing against some high level quarterbacks. High-level receivers, high-level offensive minds. Who, who can you stop? Okay, I mean, who can you stop? But who's going to be? Who I think because we're looking at this now. But C.D. Lamb as a third receiver on the Cowboys because they have Gallup and Amari Cooper, of course. Well, you're not going to be able to double C.D. Lamb because you got to worry about Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is a deep threat. So C.D. Lamb's going to be a, you know, a slot guy. And he's a guy that can go deep if you need him to, make a jump ball play. And he's a guy that can run a simple curl route. And a simple curl route that's five, six yards, he can turn it into 20 yards with his, with his, uh, with his yards after catch uh, production. He can, he can do that. And he was able to play in the slot at Oklahoma a lot. But, um... Who's more, who would be more productive as a cowboy? Like, how much better as a rookie would Xavier McKinney be than Van Der Esch was? Is he going to be better than Van Der Esch? Is he going to be as productive as Van Der Esch was on defense? 
for the Cowboys? Huh? Even if he was, even if he, even if he did, would the Cowboys be able to stop anybody? It, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. They can't stop nobody. CeeDee Lamb, I'm thinking that's third receiver. He's a guy that can get seven, about 750 receiving yards. Several touchdowns. Five, six touchdowns. That's not bad. When you have, you got to feed Zeke, you got to uh, feed Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. A lot of miles to be feed. I think that's highly productive for a third receiver and a rookie. And also, and also, they kept CeeDee Lamb away from the Eagles. They kept, they kept CeeDee Lamb away from the Eagles, from the division opponent. And you got to think about it. CeeDee Lamb was an Oklahoma guy. Oklahoma, Dallas Cowboys, Texas, like Big 12, that's right in the Cowboy territory. You, 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 did you really think Jerry Jones was going to let one of his own, I mean, quote unquote, one of his own guys leave the region and go to Philadelphia, the division rival that needs a receiver? Mm, I like the move. I like the move very much. I, 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 like, I, I like the move very much. It, it, I like the move very much. I, 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 I like the move very much. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a high productive move. I think it's going to be productive for the boys. Um, now, do I still, do, I, I still don't see the Cowboys being a Super Bowl contending team. Um, and I will probably still have to give the edge to Philadelphia because they have the better quarterback, uh, uh, better defense, significantly better, significantly better defense. It's not even close. Um, and you know, if the cow and just get, just taking it, taking account of this, taking account, taking account of this, the cow, the, the, the Eagles will not be as injured as they were last year. That was just bad luck last year. I mean, everybody went down. They was, they was, they was dropping out like flies. Every, everybody left. Everybody got hurt. So they won't be as injured. They won't be as injury prone next year. So, I like Philly to still win the division. Now, let's talk about Jalen Rager from TCU. I like the kid that Philly picked. Even though they didn't get CeeDee Lamb, even though CeeDee Lamb might have been like a fan favorite, and when the, and, and, and when the Eagles made that pick with Jalen Rager, the Eagle fan base was probably like, who the hell is that? Who? who, is, who, who, who? I, I want CeeDee Lamb. Uh, uh, J- J- Jalen, who? J- Jalen Rager. Uh, he's a really good player from TCU. Um, I, I, I think Desmond, everybody, it was, a, it was, it was silly. Everybody, um, everybody today was talking about Desmond Howe and what he said about TCU quarterback. Uh, it was like TCU quarterback isn't very good. So, you know, I, when I look at Jalen Rager, uh, I see an explosive guy. I see, um, a little Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. I see a little, I, I see a little bit of Deshaun Jackson in his game. Explosive. Can stretch the field. That's exact. That's exactly what Carson Wentz needs. Carson Wentz has a cannon. Carson Wentz, well, he he wants to be able to sling the rock. I think with Jalen Rager, the Eagles, that 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 he gives them that ability. He gives them that ability to stretch the field. So yes, I still think the Eagles are. I I, I still like the Eagles to come out the NFC East. Um. You know, I I think they I just think they got the better quarterback. Uh, 
Doug Peterson, I don't know if you can say he's the better coach between him or Mike McCarthy. Kind of neck and neck. Both of them have Super Bowl titles. Neck and neck. Some some people probably say Doug Peterson. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at it. Uh, the Eagles have a significantly better defense. I still like the Eagles with the better quarterback, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has the capability uh, to be a top five quarterback. Um, to be a top five quarterback in this league, Dak Dak ceiling is not that high. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Dak. I don't gotta say it for like the hundred thirtieth time. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like the moves by both teams. I think both teams made some good moves in the first round. Um, smart smart move, smart and you know strategical by the Cowboys to keep CD Lamb away from the Eagles. I like the move. I, I like the move very much, even though, you know, some people will say, oh, why did you draft a receiver when you just paid Amari Cooper $100 million and you have two good receivers already? Hey, why not? But the Redskins just did the same exact thing. The Redskins went after Chase Young. Uh, like, I said, I, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, a couple of Redskins fans hit me up. They're excited. They're thrilled. Good luck. Okay, you're going to finish last in the damn division. Chase Young is a baller. Don't get me wrong. Chase Young, Chase Young is definitely one of the best. He's the, he's the best player in this draft. Um, he's one of those pass rushers that you just don't miss. Like you can't miss. Like if he's there, you gotta draft him. He's one of those. He's one of those Khalil Mack, Von Miller type guys. Uh, he, he's gonna be dominant for for the next eight to ten years. He's gonna be a high productive guy first year in. Uh, multi time multi time multi time Pro Bowler. Uh, multiple-time All-Pro. I think he's just one of those guys. He's just one of those guys. He's as good, if not better, than the Bosa brothers at Ohio State. He's one of those guys. Yeah, so that was a no-brainer. I know the Redskins, they like, you know, they, they're, they're just praising their front office for making that move. I'm like, God damn. I mean, it was an easy move. He was the best player in the draft. Like, you could not have missed that. Uh, so yeah, I know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, people can call me a hater. Redskins fans gonna call me a hater. Doing like, oh, there you go again. You hating on the Redskins? No, I am not. I am not hating on the Redskins. Uh, I am not hating on the Redskins. But um, I do. You know, that was a good pick, obviously. But um, you're gonna finish last in the division. I don't know what Dwayne Haskins looks like. Uh, I don't know what your offense is gonna look like. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think you're still going to finish last in the division or third. You're playing, for, you're playing for third. You're playing for third place in the division, Redskins fans. So if you don't think you're going to finish last, you'll finish third. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the Redskins, Ron Rivera will be able to build a culture. You don't have to win a lot of games to build a culture. Uh, the Dolphins. Dolphins are a great example of this last year. They got, up to a, they got up to a historically bad start. 0-7. But it's not just the fact they were 0-7. It was the way how they was losing and the point differential. They got smacked by Baltimore 59-0 first week. 59-10? Was it, 50, was it 59-10 or 59-0? They got smacked by Baltimore first week. But as the year went on, played with confidence. Brian Flores... You know, they had a couple they had a, they had, they had a couple big time wins against some good teams, Philadelphia and New England. Uh, you know, they and they won 5 out of their last 9 games. Built the culture there. Now, Miami, I'm going to talk I'm, I'm going to talk about Miami. Now Miami is riding high. They look pretty good. 
They look pretty good. I like what they look like. I like what they have going on down there in South Beach. Uh, now, let's go on to the giant in the Redskins. Like I said, Ron Rivera, he'll be able to build a culture there. He will be able to build the culture. Um, even, you know, despite them losing a lot of them going, you know, going to lose a lot of games. Uh, he'll be able to build the culture there. He'll be able to install his way there. But they have a strong front seven. That's, the, that's probably the strongest part of their team. Their front seven is really strong. Uh, now the Giants, I know a lot of people took, I know a lot of, uh, I know the Giants took a lot of flack uh, for taking Andrew, Andrew Thomas. I know, I know the Giants took a lot of flack for taking Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Now he was one of the players that I talked about on the previous podcast that, um, that I thought, like I said, previous podcast, I talked about, I gave you guys about, mm, about a, a, a list of eight players to look out for in the draft. And Andrew Thomas was one was amongst that eight. And I said, Andrew Thomas, even though he's not the physical specimen that Tristan Worfs is, or maybe his ceiling is not as high as is, is not as high as Jared Wills, I still think he'll be a productive starter. He will come right in. Um I know his technique is a little off, but that can help that can that can be fixed with coaching. But um, I said he's uh, he he probably the safest as far as all of these tackles. I said he was probably the safest. I said he was probably the safest, the safest pick at that position. Uh, the Giants went on and made that pick. To be quite honest, even though I was raving about Andrew Thomas and I I talked about how good he was, um, at, you know the previous podcast. I'm gonna be honest. I I I didn't think the Giants were gonna take him at four. I didn't see him going that high. I, I, I didn't. I did not. I did not see him going that high. I, I, I thought Jared Wills would be picked before him, and I thought Tristan Worfs would be put would, would would be picked before him. He was the first tackle off the board. So uh, the Giants. I don't know. I don't know if Dave Gettleman was listening to my podcast. I'm sorry, Giants fans, because I know Giants fans. They don't really like that guy particularly. But um, I like the pick. Um, He's, he's man, like I said, his ceiling may not be as high as Jared Will, Wills. It may not be as high as Tristan Wharfs, but he'll be a high, he'll be a, he'll be a productive starter for a pretty good time, pretty decent, pretty amount, pretty amount of time. He'll be consistent. He'll work hard. Uh, good character guy. That's all you can ask for. I like that pick. Um, and then that was the so the Giants had made that pick. I like that pick. So you know, you gotta you gotta provide some insurance for da- Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, fix the offensive line. So I do like what all of the NFC East teams did. I like what all of the NFC East teams did. Um, I know some people are like, oh, the Cowboys could have drafted something on defense. Um, I know some people who have came after the Giants talked about how they could have drafted Warps or Wills. I understand it. Um, with the Cowboys, I'm more I'm more in favor with C.D. Lamb because I feel like a, a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver, would just give you much more. He he give you more production than a rookie safety would. That's just me. And I'm just looking at the trends of the league. Um, and I'm not really big on. I'm not really high on receivers uh, because I often say I want to build my team. Out inside out, 
So O-line, quarterback, and then, you know, then comes the receivers. But the receivers, the change, the rule changes, the receivers are much needed in today's game. Their value goes up. So, you know, you draft the receiver. You draft the good one. He's a good number three. I like the move by the Cowboys. He's a great number three. three quarterbacks that were taken in the draft, of course, Tua, I mean, well, Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. Uh, it went, to, we, I mean, as we predicted, as we, you know, all the mock, most, most of the mock drafts shown, uh, Burrow going number one, of course, all of them did show Burrow going number one. Uh, I didn't see one that didn't have him going number one. Uh, then Tua to the Dolphins, Burrow, I mean, and then Herbert to the Chargers. <clears throat> and I know, and I hit a question a lot. I read a question a lot today. Who's in a better position? Who's in a better position? Who's on the better team? Who made the right decision? Or which quarterback is uh it's more it's it's more likely for success. Uh, <clears throat> and I thought coming into the draft this year, I thought Tua was the best quarterback. I thought Tua was the best quarterback. Now if the, if it wasn't for these red flag and for these you know these injuries, especially the concern the concerning injuries, mainly the hip, um, you know until Burrow came on the scene, Tua was number one pick. Uh, Burrow comes on the scene, has a great year. LSU wins wins it all, wins the Heisman, uh, put up great numbers, give him props. But uh, I thought I think I think Burrow's just a, I think he's a B plus B plus prospect. B plus prospect, and I hope that I hope that the Bengals are smart enough to. I hope they're smart enough to um to to incorporate some of what LSU did with Joe, with with what Joe Brady did with LSU last year, and incorporate that just just I mean a good percentage of that incorporate it into into Cincinnati so Joe Burrow can see some success. But let's be honest, let's be real. Joe Burrow, out of the out of the three quarterbacks, Burrow is in the absolute worst situation. He's going to be a starter day one uh, in a tough AFC North that can possibly have three playoff teams. Now, Baltimore is by far, talent-wise, the best team in that division. Pittsburgh, it's going to be really good. Browns. Have a the Browns have a loaded roster, so it's an uphill battle for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. It's an uphill battle. He's by far in the worst position. Not only to mention that hey, he has an unproven coach in Zach Taylor. We don't know if Zach Taylor is a good coach, mediocre coach, bad coach. We do not know what Jack Taylor is as a coach because I, I, I'm not me personally. I haven't judged him. I haven't judged him of what he's done with this Cincinnati Bengals team because he had the best, he had the worst team in football. So I have not judged him. I'm not going to be able to judge him or uh, tell what kind of coach he is quite yet. 
So, uh, or properly, rather. Uh, so we got to see. It's a lot of unknowns. Cincinnati historically had been historically cheap. Same, same culture, same background. Cincinnati has been historically cheap. Uh, and you could mention that, hey, they got into the playoffs a few times. Hasn't, they haven't won a playoff game. They haven't won a playoff game. I, I, Marvin Lewis was there 16 years, didn't win a playoff game. So you could say bad luck. Okay. 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 They haven't won a playoff game. 16 years. Give me a break. 16 years. Give me a break. So when, when, so when we're talking about worst situation, look at the situation Tua's in. Tua is in a much easier division in the AFC East. Buffalo right now is the best team, but Josh Allen is still a young quarterback. Sam Donald and the Jets, mm, like Sam, but do we really trust the Jets? And New England, they're not going to be bad, but they're not going to be great. They're not going to be just steamrolling throughout this division. Miami, on the other hand, Miami finished off the season really well. Brian Flores and that team was off to a historically poor start. They got better as the season went on. They developed confidence. He is with he has instilled a culture. He won five of his last nine. And they had a couple of big time victories in there between you know, beating the Eagles, beating the Pats. Big time victories. Some big time victories right there. And you look at what he's done, look at what Brian Flores and that front office has done offseason. First, you go sign Byron Jones. So you have two great corners. Uh, you, you, you add Van Noy. You add Jordan Howard. They're drafting offensive line. Receiving core is interesting. So the Dolphins are in, and, and two is in a good position. And guess what? He doesn't have to play day one. He has, a, he, has a, he has a veteran starter that he can learn from, and he's probably going to red shirt. He's probably going he's gonna, to he's gonna medically red shirt this year. I would be very surprised if Tua starts. I would be very surprised. I think, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick starts. Tua will red shirt this year and take this time to get better, to get healthier. I look at the situation that Justin Herbert is in. Some may argue he's in the best situation. Probably so. That, char- that roster that the Chargers have is really good. But Herbert is going into a similar situation that Tua is, if not better. Receiving core, check. Running back, you don't have Melvin Gordon, but you have Austin Eckler. I like him. Running back's coming diamond and dozen. They're building up that offensive line. Their defense looks really good. They drafted Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, great inside linebacker. I love that pick for I love that pick for the Chargers. So the Chargers really they you know as far as winners, Miami. I told you guys before the draft it was pretty easy to pick, but I told you guys Miami and the Chargers or well Miami, but the Chargers for the first round for the first round they both won the draft. They were able to draft O-line. They were able to draft their quarterbacks that they want without moving up, which is a rarity in the draft because usually the quarterback that you want, you usually got to move up for him. You got to give up some, play, some, some pieces for him. Chargers, Dolphins didn't have to do that. 
their guys were sitting right there. And Miami wanted Tua because they had the option to draft Herbert. They chose Tua. So I like the situation that the Dolphins are putting around uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And I love the options. I already love the roster that Herbert is being placed under. Anthony Lynn, mm, we got to see what he is. But he's decent. He He's gotten the Chargers to the playoffs. He's won a playoff game. He's decent. We got to see what he does. But I'm hurt. I, they got but the Chargers, once again, similar to Miami. They have a starter, uh, a veteran starter, that's going to probably start for a year or two. And Herbert sits behind him. Great learning experience. Joe Burrow, he goes into Cincinnati, outmatch, starting day one, happening to carry this franchise. Now, Cincinnati, the, the ratings will be out the roof because people are gonna people are gonna people are gonna want to see what Joe Burrow does. First first year or so, first year and a half, ratings are gonna be out the roof because they want to see what Joe Burrow is made of. But he is going to a porous situation, and out of the three quarterbacks, the worst situation, um, where not much talent around him. He's going from the best college football roster to, to the least talented pro football roster in probably one of the toughest divisions in football, if not the toughest. Because I look at a Browns team that is really stacked on paper and really good. I like the Browns, and I like the moves that they have. I like the, I like the moves that they have made. Drafting Jerick Willis, Wills. I like the move they've made. But the Browns, they may finish third in their division. That's a pretty good team. And that's a pretty good division. I'm just telling you, Joe Burrow, boy, oh, boy, good luck. Because now it starts here. Day one starter, no veteran backup. I don't know how good his coach is. Historically cheap franchise. What can you say? So one thing that I was prepared to come on here and talk about today, that I that I didn't have to I didn't have to see who they was gonna pick. I knew I was gonna come on here and talk about them today. And it was the Oakland Raiders. It was the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> I wanted to come on here and talk about their draft pick, their draft picks, because. <clears throat> They drafted really well last year. They drafted, they did a hell of a job in the draft last year. And I was very interested to see, um, and I talked about this with the Raiders, because, you know, Mike Mayock, he's done this for years. He was on NFL Network for years. When it was time for drafting, he, he could tell you up and down, all around about these players and these prospects. And I feel like that has given, that has given the, the Raiders an advantage. Um, now, the Raiders drafted, with their 12th pick, they drafted Henry Ruggs, Alabama, speedy receiver. Um, I thought that was an interesting pick. And then, their second draft pick was Damon Arnett. Uh, now, Henry Ruggs, I understand. And these picks were aggressive. 
Because nobody had Henry Ruggs as the first receiver being taken off, taken off the board. Oakland gets him at 12. Oakland said, we need a speedy guy. Guess, guess what? Guess, guess what? Guess what Oakland did? Got a speedy guy. And I think this is the realization of Mahomes, Kansas City, Andy Reid, in the same division. I we a lot of people going to talk about the NFC West. A lot of people going to talk about the AFC North and the NFC South. But the AFC West is also getting better. What's which I thought was one of the worst divisions in football, it's getting better. If if the Broncos double their wins and the Broncos are as competitive or as good as I think they will be, they're going to be a really tough team. If Oakland continues to trend in the right direction, in the same direction as they were during some parts of last year, because they, 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 and they might have struck early last year, but their rookies, their young players really play well. But if Oakland is as good as they were last year, decent division. And then the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor, with that roster, I, I, sh- I, I told you guys about Tyrod Taylor numbers. I compared, it, I compared it to Cam Newton's. I compared Tyrod Taylor's last 46 starts to Cam Newton's. Tyrod Taylor had more wins. Tyrod Taylor had less he had less interceptions, and he had a better completion percentage. And that was with two dysfunctional teams at, at the moment, at that time. That was with two dysfunctional teams at that time where he flourished, got Buffalo back to the playoffs for the first time in a very long time, flourished. He flourished. So, a lot of people talk about the NFC South, NFC West, AFC North. The AFC West has gotten better. And when I look at the moves from Oakland, I think they've been aggressive. Gruden, he has a 10-year deal. Some of these coaches, they're going with some of these coaches have a short leash. Some of these coaches, if they don't win this year on the hot seat, or some of these coaches, if they don't win this year, they're going to be out of there. They're going to be out of there. Some of these coaches, this this might something you know, depending on their situation and their circumstance and their resume, this might be the last coach. This might be the last head coaching opportunity that some of these guys get. Gruden playing with house money. He has a he, he's playing with house money. He has a ten year he has a ten ten year contract, so he has room to be aggressive and make a, aggressive decisions. Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Mm, I was I was airy of the move, but then I thought I sat back and said, uh, John Gruden's been aggressive. He has leverage. He he has a ten year deal. Why not? Somebody's got some, most of the, most of these most of these coaches in the league don't have a long leash. Most of these coaches have a short leash. They gotta go with the they gotta go with the pick. They gotta go with the player that makes the most sense. Not saying that Arnett doesn't make the most sense, but. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of a lot of mock drafts, if any, had Damon Arnett going 19th. But a lot of DBs were picked last night, so 
I did notice that. But not a lot of people had Damon Arnett going from going going 19. But you think about it, he come from Ohio State. Ohio State, uh, they, they 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 produce good corners. They've been they've been producing good corners these last few years. Jeff Okuda, uh, you know, was the number three pick. He teammate of Arnett's. You know, Arnett could use a little bit of little little bit of coaching, but hey, he's a kid. But when I think of these Raiders moves, I think of them being aggressive. If you're if you're John Gruden, you can afford a hiccup. And the AFC West is getting stronger. By the by, as as I'm talking, the NFC West, the AFC West is getting stronger and stronger. Um, I like some of these aggressive aggressive moves by some of these teams. Uh, Arizona, they got. Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons, a great player, a great versatile player, and can do a variety of things. But why do you think Arizona got a guy like Isaiah Simmons? So he can chase around Russell Wilson for the next six, seven years. That's why they got a guy like Isaiah Simmons. Great pick by the, great pick by the Arizona Cardinals. I, I love that pick. They took a pick. They said, "Hey, we're gonna take we're gonna take Isaiah Simmons. He's versatile. He can play safety. He can play. He can cover in the slot. He can play line. He can play down. He can play in the front seven. We need a guy like that so we can so he can chase around and contain Russell Wilson. You got to think about the, before you think about before you think about winning Super Bowls, winning multiple playoff games, winning your conference. You got to win your division." You gotta, you gotta, you gotta handle business in your division. For teams like Arizona, uh, the Raiders, you gotta, you gotta stay strong within your division. Uh, now I don't, I'm not now. Obviously, I don't think these. You know, I'm not saying the Raiders are gonna win the AFC West. I still like Kansas City because Kansas City made a great pick with Clyde, with with Clyde Edwards Elair. I like that pick. I, I like that pick a lot. I think he fits what they do. He's a good pass catcher. Not saying the Raiders are going to win the division, but in division with Patrick Mahomes, who is the reigning Super Bowl MVP, just a year ago was the MVP, and he has a boatload of weapons with the offensive mastermind of Andy Reid. Oh, yeah, and he's 24. Um, yeah, you have to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive because if, you, if you're not aggressive – He's gonna, he's gonna, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City and Andy Reid gonna just run up all, just gonna run all up and down this division. And I thought the moves by the Raiders, it showed aggressiveness. It showed that they're not afraid to make hiccups. But John Gruden has that type of leverage. He has that type of leverage. He has that type of leverage. Cleveland, I thought Cleveland, uh, they, 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 I mean, they got a great tackle in Jared Willis. They had a they got a great tackle, a great pick in Jared Willis at uh at, at 10. I thought that was perfect for them. They give them a guy that can protect May- Bay- Baker Mayfield. Um he, his ceiling is pretty high. So I like what some of these teams like some of these moves like most of the moves that was made in the first round, I like. I like 
I thought Detroit, uh, I was surprised that they didn't move. I, didn't, I was surprised Detroit didn't move off of that pick, off of that third pick. But, hey, you know, they got Jeff Okuda. Like I said, I think Okuda would be a great DB, but he's I, I, he's not going to change the fortunes of the Detroit Lions. Like, he's not going to be the determining factor whether or not the Lions win a division or not. He's just not. DBs, you know, they, they, that just doesn't happen like that. It doesn't work like that. But um, I do like the aggressive moves by certain teams. Especially when you're in a division like Cleveland. I mean, when you're in a division like AFC North, NFC West, AFC West, where the AFC West, Mahomes, young quarterback, weapons, he's going to be there for a long time. Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Uh, NFC North, AFC North, uh, with with Lamar Jackson, but the kid, the kid is not going anywhere. NFC West, Russell Wilson is in his prime, so like these, they're not going anywhere. So you gotta be aggressive and you gotta fight. I, I like these moves. Um, you know, I, I I like these type of moves that was made. I love them. I I absolutely love them. I'm all I'm all for it. And like I said, a guy, a guy like Oakland, I mean, a guy like John Gruden with his contract, he, gotta, he, 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 he can afford hiccups. He can afford hiccups. He can draft a bust and be fine. His deal is long. He has a long-term deal. He can be fine and draft busts. Can't do it consistently. Can't do it every year. But, you know, when you have, when you have, a, draft, when you have a rookie class like that last year, who was by far the best rook? They by, the Raiders by far won the won the, the draft last year. Okay, you know if Damon Arnett doesn't work out, and if and if he's not a solid starter, if he doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You got a long term deal, got a long leash. Your your leash is not that long. I mean your leash is your leash is not that short. So <laughs> I told you guys this in previous podcast as well. I hate to be the, I hate to be I hate this to be the episode where I, I it's a bunch of I told you so's but I told you so. So um I don't even know why we argue about this anymore. Like for all the college football fans, all of just the football fans in general, I don't even know why we argue this. Like there's so many people, you'd be surprised. There's so many people, so many people that 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 just want to argue that the SEC, as far as players, is not the best conference. Coaches, I give it to you. Some coaches in the SEC are not that not that good. I give it to you. But when we're talking about talent and players and recruiting, nobody quite does it like the SEC. No conference quite. No conference does. No conference does it like the like the SEC. The SEC had 15 players taken in the first round and had 40 players taken in the... Mm, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> 15 players taken in the first round. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, Andrew Thomas, Tua Tagovailoa, Derek Brown, C.J. Henderson, Jared Willis, uh, Henry Ruggs, Javon Kinlaw, Jerry Judy... Kevon Ch- Chason, uh, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Queen, Isaiah Wilson, Noah I. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, last name, and Clyde Edwards Eller. So, 
those were all of the pick. Those were all the SEC players that went in the first round. That was 15 players. 15 out of 32, damn near half. 15 out of 32, damn near half of the first round was represented by SEC schools. I don't know why people continue to argue with me that the SEC, as far as talent, as far as talent and players, I don't know why people argue with me that there's another conference that does it on this type of level. Mm-mm. Just doesn't. Does not happen. Every year, the top of the recruiting class, or like as far as like recruiting classes, every year, within like the top five, you can find at least two or three SEC schools. Usually Alabama, Georgia, LSU, somewhere in that type of in, in, in that type of order. In that type of order. LSU, Alabama, Georgia. Georgia, LSU, Alabama. And then you have schools like Florida, Texas A&M, uh, you, know, you know, those type of schools. South Carolina, that's, that's like right there too. That's like outside the top ten. Florida probably find themselves within the top ten sometimes. But most of those, most of those schools, just, just outside the top ten. I don't know why people continue to argue that, uh, that the SEC is not uh, a great, you know, it's not the best conference as far as players uh, you can, it's, it's, it's the proof is important. You can, you can just see it right there. 15 first rounders. Uh, that's, that's, that's an NFL record. And they broke the record last night, three times. They broke it with 13 players. They broke it with 14 players. They broke it with 15 players, uh, three times last night and one night. That was amazing. That was crazy. And I told you guys, SEC would have at least 12 players drafted in the first round. That is what I told you guys. Can't wait for the Michael Jordan doc to come out this Sunday. Uh, I've been waiting for that. I, 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 I'm, on, I'm on the edge of my seat, even though we all know what's going to happen. But I cannot wait um, to see this, this, this parts three and four on Sunday. That's such a great doc. I'm so in tune to that. I cannot wait. Uh, I'll be back, to, I'll be back um, after this quick break to talk about the players. That uh, that that I talked about on the previous podcast. I'll be back to talk about those players and aging quarterbacks, uh, aging superstars, um, and what their teams do. I'm gonna talk about that. Again, uh, so the players that I mentioned, so most most of the players that I mentioned got drafted, and the players that did not get drafted, I mentioned like uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, those guys, I'm sure, will probably be picked in the second round, early second round. So <clears throat> let's get into it. So the pick, the players that I picked to go early, um, Andrew Thomas, I talked about him. That was a that was a surprise. Austin Jackson to Miami. That was not very much. That was not a surprising pick to me because by that time, by the by the eighteenth pick, Wharfs was gone. Uh, Beacon was gone. Wills was gone, and 
Andrew Thomas was obviously gone. So I was not surprised by that pick. That's how I actually had it falling. I thought uh, I, I definitely thought Austin Jackson would be there for the taking for Miami. They took him. I, I like the pick. He's a little raw, but I like the pick for Miami. They definitely needed to uh, reassure that front line, that offensive line. I like I, I like the pick. Um, I, and I and that's just about where I had him going mid to late second round. That's just I mean first round. Excuse me, mid to mid to late second round, first round. That's where I had him going. Uh, AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell was surprising to me. I talked about him being a long, lanky corner, but I did not see AJ Terrell being a top sixteen pick. He was the sixteenth pick. Uh, and like I said, a lot of DBs were drafted. A lot of DBs were drafted in the first round. Um, and I just, but I did not see AJ Terrell being uh, in the top sixteen. I thought maybe late first round, definitely, early, definitely early second round. But he's a little grabby. He, like I said, grabby. But he's he has great range with you know to use his body to use that frame that use them that, that length that he has. But grabby, so he can, he he has a tendency to hold. So that can draw a lot of penalties. So I, I you know we got to see how that works out in Atlanta. But um, I, I was surprised to see him go that high, honestly. And then Patrick Queen at Baltimore. Inside linebacker from LSU, I thought that was an awesome pick for Baltimore late in the first round. That's just, uh, that's just about where I had him going. Uh, I I really I really like those picks by those by um by that by that team. I really like that pick. Now the last thing that I want to touch bases on, and on my on you know the after the you know after the the, the next few days of the draft, uh, you know the second round. And on next week, I will be back on the air and we'll be talking about, you know, just overall the draft overall and uh, what certain teams did. Because some teams didn't pick in the first round, like the Colts didn't pick in the first round. Uh, Detroit didn't. They only picked one time in the first round. So there were some teams that did not pick in the first round. New England didn't get New England got, you know, actually. And that's another thing. New England traded out of the first round, went to the second. So we got to wait to see what they do. Uh, but New England, interesting move. And, you know, I, I, I just hope you guys know, just, just, just know that Bill Belichick has a plan. But, um, yeah, I'll be back to talk about more just draft overall next week. But I also want to talk, talk about the Buccaneers and what they move, and, what, and the, the, the move that they made. They went out and got Tristan Wolfs. He's a he's an absolute freak show uh, from Iowa. Absolute freak show. I love what he's gonna bring with Tampa Bay. And it seems like Tom Brady has some type of he has he has some. I'm sure Tom Brady has some type of influence in Tampa Bay in the picks that they made. I'm sure he does. I'm sure Tom has some type of influence or pull. To who they're drafting. And the Buccaneers are just full out helping Tom Brady. They're supporting Tom Brady. And this goes back to my Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers point. Look at the veteran quarterback around the league. Most of them. They're getting help. Drew Brees. Saints. The Saints continue to put 
all pros, pro bowler, high-level players around Drew Brees. They also, and, 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 and that's what New England failed to do. New, Tom, New England, Tom didn't even know who New England was drafting. He didn't have any knowledge who they were drafting. Tampa Bay, they gave Tom receivers. They gave Tom offensive line, tight end, favorite target. They gave Tom Brady everything. They're, 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 and, and Brady has influence. And rightfully so. Brady has big influence on this. And he has say-so. And you look at what Aaron Rodgers has done for Green Bay for the last 10-plus years, and you're like, what happened? Why? Why? Why draft the quarterback? Why not draft receiver, draft linebacker, improve that defense so you can win another Super Bowl? But it's clear that Matt LaFleur does, you know, I don't, I, don't th- I don't think he's the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. Even though they didn't have, even though there weren't a lot of, uh, you know, situations or issues, conflict that was brought up this past year in their first year, and they won a lot of games, and they were highly productive, uh, Matt LaFleur, I don't think Matt LaFleur is the biggest fan of Aaron Rodgers. That's just come from my standpoint. Uh, but the Buccaneers and the Saints and the NFC South, they are supporting their aging star quarterbacks. They are supporting them O-line. Running game, receivers, tight ends, they're giving those guys everything. Green Bay is not doing the same for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, thank you guys for joining this episode. Thank you guys for t- continuing to click in, listen to the podcast throughout these times. It's really good. Thank you guys. Uh, you know, remember, always remember two choices, one decision. Uh, two choices, one decision. Stay healthy, stay wealthy. I'm gone.
How we doing? And welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP, episode 115. We got a good one. Um, we're going to be going over the draft, a whole draft. Well, not I'm not going to say a whole draft overview, but um, a couple teams that we talked about on the previous podcast, and we're going to bring those teams up. Uh, I got some. I got some Buccaneers. I got some. Uh, I got some. Some Buccaneers, uh, Packers, Cowboys. You know all that good stuff. Eagles. We're gonna talk about all that good stuff, and w- the moves that I like that they made. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot. We're gonna get into a lot. Also, the Michael Jordan doc that was great. Episode three and four was at was better. It seems like I mean I enjoyed episode three and four a little bit more. Then one and two, one and two. It was like a little intro, but three and four. Uh, and I think these next, these next few, that's gonna get, they're gonna get spicier and spicier. Uh, definitely, the Dennis Rodman story uh, had the internet blazing last night. The Dennis Rodman stories had the internet blazing last night. I enjoyed it all. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. So we got a lot to get into, uh, and not a lot of time to get into it. No, I'm kidding. But we got a lot to get into. I'm going to get into it after this quick break. You need a break. I need a break. Nah, we're good. We're good. <clears throat> I, hope you big guy, I hope you guys have been at home quarantining, social distancing. But without further ado, let's get it. <laughs> 